Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Armory. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good day. <laughs> Depending on what time you're listening. I guess people listen to it any time. That's funny. I never thought about that. If you say good morning on a podcast, it doesn't make any sense unless you're listening to it in the morning. No. That is the thing I do a lot that I hate. What? If we ever have like a service or something where we're doing it in the evening at church, oh, you I say always good morning. say good morning. Yeah. Maybe the first, I'll say it to the first person and then I'll, I'll be good. But it's always like, ah, oh, here we go. And then they'll look yeah, at me but go, you're good not, morning. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but you're not like the only person who does that. Literally everybody starts. I know, but it's like, come on. It's not morning. <laughs> it's black outside. Pitch black. Well, just for those dinner. who don't know, Matt just learned what the word afternoon meant like a couple years ago. So <laughs> can it's I say that on here? About, you can. I'm, I'm actually impressed that when you said just learned. That you actually were accurate in the time, meaning two years ago, and not say something like last month, which is what sometimes you're like, this just happened. I'm like, that was like three years ago, before we even met. That's why I qualified it. I want to say, that, that was in Texas, right? No, we were in we were at Moody. We were on campus, I remember. We were at Moody? Is that long ago? We were in the fireplace room. Oh, that's right. I actually, for some reason, thought it was more We recent. had one of those rooms at DTS, though, too. So You should explain what I, what we're even talking about this is funny you guys this is like i don't even know if i can explain it without laughing because i think to this day it's one of the it's most funniest fun. things it's funny it's the situation's funny but i can explain it if you can no i think i can do this yeah, so you got this i need to do less details this has to go with one of our gifts that we're talking about today being clear kind of and concise yeah. um we were working on something i don't actually know what we were doing it doesn't really matter details all of a sudden, Matt leans over to me, and you're supposed to be really quiet in this room that we were studying in. Yeah. And he goes, do you know what I just realized today? I just found this out. Afternoon means like after 12 o'clock, like afternoon. And that's why it's called afternoon. And I think I just looked at you with like a blank <laughs> face for like a minute. And then I just started <laughs> laughing so hard. To the point where, like, we had to leave the room. We were both just laughing and laughing and laughing. And you were like, I guarantee you there are other people that I know that didn't know that. Yeah. And what was your conclusion? Everyone knew it. I did find one person who didn't know it. Yeah. But that person, you would have expected they wouldn't have known that. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, if there's anyone out there who's just realizing. See, listen, I I always knew that afternoon (laughs) was not, like, 11 a.m., obviously. (laughs) Afternoon is always after 12. But I just, for some reason, it didn't click in my head that it's literally, it's afternoon. Well, think about it. Morning doesn't denote to any this number. This was an excuse this is, a couple years this ago, is why, too. <laughs> this is why it was hard. I, did, I never got it. Morning and night or evening, none of those terms relate to a number. Afternoon is the only one. Yeah. So when I, it clicked in my head. I'm like, oh my goodness. Afternoon literally just means after 12 o'clock revolutionary in fact we brought you brought it up the other day yeah like it was th- i think it was today actually <laughs> oh man good times marriage How? can be fun marriage is fun can be yeah it can be really not fun sometimes yeah like um, when you make fun of me for not knowing afternoon i'm just kidding. 
like today when our son just decides to that wasn't because of our marriage that was because of our child that's true but our marriage did bring forth our child yes true he bit me in the toe that doesn't sound right (laughs) he bit my toe he bit your toe and then he slapped me in the chest on my chest yeah he was a little feisty today but he's just getting bigger yeah he's got his teeth are coming in so yeah gave him a little extra grace what are we talking about today, Pastor Matt? Parenting. No, um, we're not. Just I'm not ready to talk about that. Oh, man. We are going to a parenting conference, though, this weekend. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Guys, if you are listening to this and you are parents and your parent, and your kids are under the age of 18, go do yourself some good and refresh on, the, on parenting etiquette. Go to a conference, read a book. You'll be surprised at what you'll pick up. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm learning things, or I've heard people that are like recently going back into the whole parenting thing, but their kids are like 16, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh my goodness, I didn't think about this. I didn't think about yeah. this." Obviously, we're new parents, so it's easy to learn things. Yeah, that's true. But I'm excited. Date mm-hmm. day. So today we're talking about the f- three gifts. We're kind of lumping three of them. Yeah. Into one category. If we keep doing that, the series is going to be short, man. Yeah, there's some that definitely, there's a lot that have to be soloed out. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. this one, we decided to go through, uh, we talked about three different categories of gifts. Kind of like the apostolic gifts, the sign gifts. And then there's the, oh, I'm blanking. What is those other gifts called? We hated the term. I probably Well, so miraculous gifts is what you just miraculous explained. Miraculous gifts, yeah. Then enabling gifts. Yeah, I don't like that term Faith, still. discernment, wisdom, knowledge. We'll figure that one out. And then team gifts. And I guess what? I don't like that term either. We should call them Mini- church gifts. Church gifts. Gifts for the local body. Yeah, but they're kind of all can be used in the local body. Ah, that's body. true. Yeah, hot take. All these gifts should be used for the church or to bring people into the we'll church. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, today. So today we're talking about prophecy, teaching, and exhortation. Which are included in that category of team gifts. or. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about all three of them is there is incredible overlap. Mm-hmm. They are. They do have their differences. You could have the gift of prophecy, and I will explain what we mean by that later. People will hear that word and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you think there's like new prophecy?" No, that's not what I'm saying. We'll just call it what it is, since we're going to continue going. At some point, we have to make the switch. We call that today preaching, and we'll explain what we mean by that. The gift of preaching, the gift of teaching, and the gift of exhortation. You might have the gift of exhortation, and not have the gift of preaching. Or have the gift of teaching and not have the gift of exhortation. Mm-hmm. Like those, those can occur, but these they are very, very much aligned, and they do go well together. Mm-hmm. They complement each other very well. Yeah. So that's why I decided to lump them in because this would be three very similar podcasts if yeah. we did three individual ones. So do you think I could just read what those definitions are that we have Let's about each of them? So where did we get that from? Got questions in Got our questions last episode? Gave yeah. us okay. some great definitions. Yeah, so we're going to, I'll just read Except each for of for enabling gifts. That's trash. Well, that was a category, not a definition. <laughs> That's true. So we are going to read these definitions, um, and I'll tell you where the verses come from for each of them. So prophecy, I'll read the definition, and you'll understand why it's we call it preaching. Boldly and fearlessly proclaiming God's truth. So prophecy or really preaching, boldly, Mm -hmm. fearlessly proclaiming God's truth. That's in Romans 12, 6, Ephesians 4, 11, and 1 Corinthians 12, 10, and 28. Then we have teaching, which is making clear the truth of God's word with simplicity and accuracy. So you can already tell, very similar to the first one. That's in Romans 12, 7, and 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Then we have exhortation, motivating others to action, application and purpose 
And that's Romans 12, 8. Yeah. There are a lot of people just thinking through this in our church who wouldn't have the gift of preaching or teaching, and they wouldn't think that either, but they have the gift of exhortation. Hmm. They definitely have the gift of saying, hey, this is what we just heard. This is what we just what we need to apply to our lives. Mm-hmm. How can we make room for the Holy Spirit to actually work? Like, what's the call to action here? Yeah. There are people who are like on that mission, which is really yeah. cool. Your church needs someone like that or people like that. Yeah, I think that's the thing we'll realize when we go through all of these gifts is you'll be able to see. And I think that's why it's helpful to before you take one of those tests to yeah. see what you have. Just learn about what they are mm-hmm. because when you're learning about what it is. I think you'll be able to tell like, oh, I have this or I don't or this person really is really good at this. Yeah. And I've seen what that looks like in this person. You definitely be able to identify yeah. that in others too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, just thinking about that real quick. Just a little tangent. It would be terrible to be in a church where 80, 90% of the church just had the gift of preaching. Well, like, yeah. Like there was just... All, all these other gifts were absent. Like yeah. like people who were like, let's start a church. And they just gathered all these people who are great yeah. preachers, great communicators, whatever. And they were just lacking other things. Yeah. Not to say you can have only one gift, but that'd be so, that'd be so sad. Yeah. It would be. <laughs> well, and I think that's why like the times in my life where I've been the closest with like, I'm thinking of women specifically, like in college was such a sweet time. And I really think it's because all of the women I was close to all had different spiritual gifts that we were trying to use yeah. in each other's lives, you know, as sisters of Christ. We were just talking about this um, Saturday because we did a training, um, whatever you want to call it, training day for small our group small training. group leaders. Yeah. And we were ta- at one point we were talking about spiritual growth and spiritual gifts and mm-hmm. identifying those things. And I don't think you and I ever really thought too much about what does that look like in our small group. Yeah. What are the spiritual gifts present in our small group and how can we like encourage yeah. each other to exercise those as we all grow together? Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, I'm getting excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. We should start <laughs> going through this. That's what we want to do talk it. About. So let's just kind of break some of these up. Maybe okay. let's just go de- point by point. Prophecy. Mm-hmm. Again, we already talked about, we call it preaching. And there's a reason for that. And there's a reason why it was called prophecy. At a time, there were still people who were going to be called by God to give a prophetic word, mm-hmm. whether that was in the Old Testament or whether that was the Holy Spirit working through authors in the New Testament, that was a gift, which is why you see prophecy and preaching both talked about in the New Testament. They're not One of them is not saying, hey, they're two separate things. They're saying, hey, that was a very specific thing for a time. There's the preaching of the word that's come, and there's a, hey, a prophetic word. What does God have to say? Mm-hmm. What, how is God speaking through Paul as he writes to mm-hmm to whoever, right? The reason why we call this gift preaching nowadays and we limit it to just preaching is because many, most, I would say most denominations, specifically including evangelicalism, but there's plenty of others, believe that the canon of scripture is closed. Yeah. There are no new revelations from God. Mm-hmm. Now, let me qualify what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. That does not mean God does not speak to his people. Right. God very much speaks to his people through the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit's gift, that's what the Holy Spirit is there to do, mm-hmm. right? So we need to be listening for God, right? We don't do that very well, I feel like, also in the evangelical mm-hmm. church. We kind yeah, of ignore no. the Holy Spirit. We You're don't right. listen to the Holy Spirit. That's a good point. We are told God does speak to us in that way. But if someone came to me and said, hey, God told me that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. something that is new to the Bible, doesn't align with Scripture, but it could fit in there, I'd be like, I don't, I don't buy it because I, we believe Scripture is closed, and we believe that yeah. because of what it says in the Book of Revelation. Yeah, and that's hard, I think, for a lot of people coming, especially people who have come from like different upbringings or different religions, like. There's a lot that are popular in America where that's a normal thing. Yeah. And like it might not be like, I mean, the Church of Latter-day Saints or what was formerly called the Mormon Church, right? Like I don't think that everybody, every Christian wouldn't necessarily know that they believe that. But I feel like that's pretty popular, right? Where they find out like, oh, this is a new revelation Mm -hmm. from the Lord to whoever. Um, And so it just... I mean, yeah. me and you, like, and from most evangelicals, right? Like you said, and other people too, we believe that the scripture is closed, like the canon of scripture is closed. So, um, yeah. but certainly people are still gifted to yeah. what was our definition, boldly and fearlessly proclaim God's truth. Yeah. Like that's still happening around the world. For sure. <clears throat> and that doesn't mean either, right? Let's make sure we say this again, that God doesn't speak to his Christ to the saints through the Holy Spirit. Right, the God doesn't convict. We don't. We aren't convicted of sin. Also, doesn't mean the Holy Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit could prompt you to say, "Hey, I feel like you need to have a conversation with that person." Yeah. Right. That's one. That's very different than you going, "Hey, I think I need to write this stuff down. This could be a new book of the Bible. This is a new word from yeah, the Lord." Yeah, that's a good point. Very different things. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and then it wouldn't really, I think, even be considered what the spiritual gift was in the Bible of prophecy. Yeah. Right. Uh, like. If Correct. the Holy Spirit leading me to go ask somebody for prayer, like to see how they need to be prayed. Yeah. That sentence didn't make sense. You know what I mean? That's not <laughs> the same thing as what was happening in the Bible when prophets were speaking. Sure. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of this whole idea of prophecy, why we call it preaching in, in today's right. context. Makes sense to me. Um, so what you see on a typical Sunday is what you could call prophecy in the terms of a spiritual gift in or church, preaching yeah. pastor goes up he has the gift of preaching he's preaching god's word he's fearlessly proclaiming god's truth the only depending on what kind of service you go to right you probably have anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to explain what god's word is saying in that context right you're not getting into the all the nitty-gritty all the details you don't have time to do that that is a, another layer mm-hmm. of proclaiming truth and i think we get into that, start to get into that category when we get into this idea of teaching. Yeah. Idea of well, making, go ahead. Sorry, before no, we ahead. move on, I think it is important that preaching comes with a boldness and a fearlessness. Like yeah. the definition says, I like that they say that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that when you look at preachers who have, this sounds weird. There are, when I was going to say who have done well in America. When you think of like some of the great like preachers yeah. to have changed America, mm-hmm. they're people who, had an extreme boldness about yeah. them. Yeah. I think the context of preaching and teaching is different as well. Yeah. Um, as we kind of talk about teaching, right? This idea of making clear truth of God's word with simplicity and accuracy. Our church, I think, does this pretty well when we try to make a distinction between preaching and teaching. When Pastor Wally goes up on Sunday and preaches, it's very clearly preaching. We have this thing during the 10 o'clock between our two services it's called ACE, Adult Christian Education. It's like an adult Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And that is very different environment than preaching. Right. It's teaching. Yeah. There is 45 minutes. They're going through different books of the Bible, different topics. Someone is teaching. Someone is making things very simple. They're trying to break things down. There's questions and answers. We're trying to come together and learn from each other, facilitate all that. 
that is very different than what happens on a Sunday morning from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an example of teaching. But teaching also, I think, come can come in a lot of contexts, right? Mm -hmm. Today, before Atticus went to sleep, you said, hey, Addy, do you want to grab your Bible? And, you know, he has four different non-inspired versions of God's (laughs) Word. The Lullabible, you know, not original Greek. It's fine. He'll get there. The picture one that's a hundred words from the Bible. Yeah. Which some of those words are weird choices. Uh, but they're great books, yeah, right? They're just trying to give him truth, like things about God's word that are true. And he'll grab it, and Ileana will walk through something, and he'll, she'll say something to him, and we'll talk about it. She's teaching him, mm-hmm. right? That's teaching. She's not preaching the word. It's a little different. Yeah. And I think we like to use those terms synonymously. And we do, there yeah. are a lot of synonyms there, but we do need to be aware of the differences, especially as we're trying to evaluate what our gifts are, because which we'll try to talk about in each episode. But the, one of the most important things about this is, hey, Maybe you have a gift in this area and you need to know what that is and why and what it looks like so that you can figure out how you can use it in the local church well. Yeah. Because all of these gifts are for the local church, mm-hmm. either to encourage, admonish, and lift up the church or to help bring people into the church. Not meaning your local body produce numbers, but bring people into the body of Christ, yeah. the capital C church. So there is a definition here, um, one of the resources I like looking at every once in a while, Ligonier Ministries. Um, It kind of gives us a difference between preaching and teaching. It says this, preaching involves such things as exhortation, exposition, admonition, encouragement, and comfort, while teaching is the transfer of information and instruction in various areas of content. In practice, however, there is much overlap between the two. Preaching must communicate content and include teaching and teaching people the things of God cannot be done in a neutral manner but must exhort them to heed and obey the word of Christ God's people need both preaching and teaching and they need more than 20 minutes of instruction mm. and exhortation a week more than 20 minutes Ooh, yeah. which is like the whole thing that our church is doing this massive push for small groups more intimate pockets mm-hmm. of community where we can do the things like teach one another admonish one another encourage one another all these different things mm-hmm. because it's not able to be done on Sunday alone. If that's right. how you view church, this is an aside, if that's how you view church, <laughs> you, you view it as a gas station. You don't view it as your the vehicle, right? You only, you only, yeah, I just literally made that up. I don't even know if it makes sense. Let's track no, with it. No, it did, because you fill it. The gas station, you go, you only, you only go to the gas station when you need gas, right? You're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm low. But you need your car to get Which anywhere. Which is why there's plenty of people who you don't can't go to get, church every week. You can't get across the state without your car. I mean, you can say, like, I could take a scooter, whatever, but you need your vehicle everywhere you go. I don't know if that analogy tracks. Maybe it does. We'll, we'll work on it. But I'm to, sure somebody else has used that analogy. It's a uh, listen. I'm probably not the first one to say it. Oh, I just think I've it never was cool. heard it. I just kind of thought about it. There's the Holy Spirit impressing oh, on my. Oh yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah. Maybe that was probably maybe. my. Maybe it's probably me trying to think of a quick gimmick. It's more pride than anything else. I'm sure, but, but I feel like I don't know. What do you think in terms of how we've so far tried to handle the differences between? Preaching or prophecy, as we could call it, and teaching. What are your thoughts? I don't know if I have any current thoughts. Oh. I think my lens is always look thinking through me as a woman, like women I know who have the gift of preaching, women I know who have the gift of teaching, and what that looks like in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we should talk about that later after we kind of go through this a little more. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We got another one. Exhortation. Wait. Okay. Yeah. I thought you had, I didn't know if you had more you were going to say about preaching and teaching. Not really. I mean. Okay. Then. We could talk about that. I mean, one of the things I think is in 
there is a distinction, right? So like preaching does require that exhortation. I think there's an invitation that comes with preaching. Um, to like accept salvation? Accept salvation or a call okay. to do something, right? Mm -hmm. Preaching, so this is the cool thing. When you preach, there's the call, the invitation to yeah. do something. Change this about yourself. Do this, whatever. And then the exhortation comes in later, right? How can we take that and let's run with it? So yeah. we'll talk about that. But okay, I do have a point then. Go for it. I'm curious. We talked about in the last episode how everybody's called to evangelize and disciple. Shit, like we evangelism did. and discipleship. You taking? So, that, are, we, are we walking that back? I'm no. So, <laughs> so part of me is thinking through people who I know who have these gifts and whatever, and how I see them in the Bible. And I'm wondering if people who are more gifted at evangelism tend to be more gifted in preaching, mm -hmm. and people who are more geared towards discipleship are more gifted in teaching. Because, mm. like with preaching, you have that evangelistic call at the end, often known as like an altar call, sure. right? Like you were just saying, your sermon this Sunday actually you did that someone, very well. Someone came up to me after church, and they were like, "This is someone that I loved hearing this from." So I was preaching Sunday, very much gospel-centered message. Talking about the, like straight the parable of the yeah. ten bridesmaids, how like f listen, five of them are ready, five of them are prepared for the coming of Christ. You you can't be those ones that weren't prepared. And I did explain the gospel. I, I hoped really clearly, mm -hmm. right? But I didn't do any kind of formal bow your heads, like raise your, raise your hand, hand, or yeah. come to the front altar call. Mostly because I think I'm a little uncomfortable with saying that because it's it's older, it's an older thing, and mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not used to doing that. Our church doesn't do that really either. So we used to. I oh, really? I, we used to. Uh, growing up here, I remember those happening. Yeah. But I think it's dying out. But yeah. I don't think it needs to be dying out necessarily. I just you think know? it is. And I think I just, I shy away from doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Someone came up to me after and like, man, you would have done really, like not you personally, but like it would have gone really well for, for this church if you would have set that invitation out. I think people would have come forward and accepted Christ. Not that they wouldn't have, won't now. But yeah, like, I mean, I think people I was still like, did. And he said, oh, yeah, I mean, there's a person we're talking to right now who's like, yeah. I need to know about Jesus. So it's really cool to see how God works. But I was like, man, you make a good point. I just was like, I didn't want to do Did that. You think about it? I, I, yeah. I thought like, ah, it's an old thing. What if, no, what, this is what happened, right? I, I made a choice not to do that mm -hmm. because I thought to myself, what if no one comes forward? Yeah. I'm going to look really stupid. That's what went through my head. Aww. Just being completely honest, that's just the pride in me, I didn't right? Know that. Like, like, like my preaching yeah. is what's gonna save people, which is so far from the truth. Mm -hmm. But that's probably what's going through my mind. And this guy was like, "Listen, man, we, you should do that next time. We haven't done that here in a while." And I'm like, "You Aww. know, you're probably right. Because what am I so afraid of? Like, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's gonna work how the Holy Spirit that's works. Awesome. And that's the part where I didn't do well, right? Boldly, mm -hmm. like I wasn't very bold in that moment. But you were." I preached, I, bold I, preached the, I preached the gospel. Maybe it, was, well, maybe it wasn't fearless. There was some fear of man going maybe. on there. I think so, you did great. Doing a little sermon, doing a little sermon uh, post-mortem. That's <laughs> what I would have changed next time. But So anyways, I think that's all I had to say yeah, about that. Yeah, so listen, preaching and teaching. Preaching requires exhortation and invitation. Teaching requires explication, this idea of developing the idea you're going through. An explanation. How does that look? What does that look like? Both of them, and we have to make sure this is clear, both preaching and teaching require biblical and theological truth. Yeah. Now, you could say, hey, you could teach history at a secular college. That doesn't require biblical truth. One, you're wrong. All truth is rooted <laughs> in God. But the other side of it is we're talking about specifically spiritual gifts for believers. So let's right. get that straight as well. You know, I don't, yeah. don't want to get across those lines. We can... Mm -hmm. 
we'll spend hours here. If we're gonna yeah, that's a, that's a long one. But all right, preaching, teaching. We got another one. Yeah. Exhortation. Want to talk about that? Sure. Bring up that definition again. Yeah. So motivating others to action, application, and purpose. Um, and so, I mean, when I think about this, I do think mm-hmm. of what you said, like at the end of a message when you're preaching, um, or even really when you're, if you're learning how to just teach somebody about the Bible, yeah. usually at some point in that process, you have to do some exhorting where you have to look at somebody and give like a practical application, right? To get them motivated to do something. My favorite thing that Matt has taught me in our marriage is you don't have to wait for motivation in order to do something, but there is something about like, mm-hmm. if you're teaching God's word to something, somebody, um, how are, how are you actually going to help them get to the next step? Right. Yeah. That's what discipleship is. Which, I think this, I think discipleship, get, there's a lot of disciple makers who have the gift of exhortation. Yeah. So, and yeah, you have to, you have to, point. you have to teach people that there's purpose in actually taking that like next step. Right. Yeah. Like it, obedience to the Lord, right. Is oftentimes like one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear me say often, like, you just need enough grace for today. That was something my parents modeled really well and still model really well for me. Um, and I think part of that is like, okay, you have to have that purpose in order to motivate others in order to like our walk with the Lord is an action. Right. Yeah. And so we can do all of this studying and preaching. Like you can hear a really great sermon, but if at the end of it, you're not, you don't know what you need to do in order to apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why community is so important. Yeah. And this is what we're just, I want, I don't want to say just now realizing that's probably not true. This is what we're now experiencing. I think in a fuller sense here at Mountary Bible Church, you're only going to get so much out of a Sunday and it has nothing to do with the preaching. Yeah. That has everything to do with how we are wired as humans right. in the 21st century. Once once lunch has been digested, Sunday's gone and forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so we need people doing this, the exhortation, constantly pouring into us, mm-hmm. motivating us to action, helping us be accountable and saying, "Hey, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to stay away from this. You said you wanted to yeah. walk this way. How can we do that together?" That's, That's part good. of exhortation. Yeah. And I think I think you need you need someone in your life who can do this for you. Oh, for sure. And do this with you. Yeah. And and we're often yeah. better at doing this for other people than we are ourselves. A hundred percent. And like, I think that's okay. Yeah. Um I don't I, I what I wouldn't want anyone to do is feel like they can do this well for themselves and not try to get it from someone else. Because that's probably that echo chamber is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. But I think it is important to figure out how to do that personally as well. Yeah. It's a little both and. So. Both and, as most things are. Let's see here. We are 26 minutes in this podcast. Great. Do you want to read through some of these scriptures that we have? Or do you think that people will just go look them up? How important do you think God's word is? Is the real Probably question I'm asking? <laughs> is that what you're asking? <laughs> is this a trick question? No, it's not a trick question. We do have examples of how these are used in scripture. I feel like it's important to kind of like walk through some of these things. Yeah, I think so too. Why don't you read those first right. two that we have? If you can't tell, we put tons of notes together for this conversation. Because again, we, we haven't been doing that lately. For no, so we. So this is let's just we'll back, just be honest. Background into the podcast for people who have not listened or, or, or maybe new to the show or don't even know this. New to the show. When we yeah new, <laughs> new to the program. When we first started this podcast, we wrote so much stuff down and we so like many notes. had things highlighted on who would say what, and it wasn't like we were reading a script, but we had like a lot of different 
talking points. Yeah. And then for the, that was probably for the first little bit. For the bulk of our Until podcast. Until we had Atticus. Yeah. For the bulk <laughs> of our podcast, we don't do that. No. We, we've mostly been talking about things that we've studied before or we study them enough that we don't need to write stuff down about them. And that's not a pride point at all. We're just, you know, we talk about things we're familiar with. We're used to communicating with each other we about talk, theology. So I we think we talk it, about these things yeah. a lot. This is something that we've talked about this when we were introducing the series. We don't, this is not a strong area for us in terms right. of like what our knowledge on the subject. So we wrote a lot of stuff yeah. down. So anyway, I think we see examples in scripture of these different things being used. I think you see it in Acts 5.42. says, every day in the temple, in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So I think in that, we see not only the bold proclamation of God's word, right. But we see that they were probably breaking it down for some people yeah. who probably need a little help. And it's interesting when you take definitions like this and you carry them through different passages of scripture, you might learn something new. Like yeah. I can't say for absolute certain in this moment, I don't have my Greek New Testament in front of me to look at the, what this word it really is. But there is a potential for us to go, look, oh, they may have actually been like explaining things to people. People might have had questions because of yeah. what, the, what the nature of teaching is. So it's cool to take that next step into scripture peel back that next yeah. layer which is always really which if fun. you can't tell matt knows greek i don't so yeah my my greek knowledge is, <laughs> I just ask is, you questions. is quite embarrassing compared to our associate pastor here but he, yeah, he helps me out thorough. anyway also we see in acts uh, fifteen thirty-five, but paul and barnabas along with many others remained in antioch teaching and proclaiming the word of the lord what I don't want us to get this idea of is that there's these spiritual gifts and we don't really see people in scripture using them. Like we most certainly do. And there are tons and tons of others, other examples. And I'll just read another one. Second Timothy four, one and two. Now the spirit explicitly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. So it's interesting. Ugh. We see not a spiritual gift, but the almost opposite yeah. of it here. Um, through hypocrisy lies of those whose consciousness are seared. So let's not pretend like people can use giftings, whether mm-hmm. that's just giftings that they have natural talents or abilities, or people who have been given spiritual gifts and have are are, are in a place where they're walking away from the faith or they've been deceived yeah. and they're using it to deceive others. Yeah. That's crazy to me too, yeah. to think how something that's meant to be so pure and so used mm-hmm. for the edification of the church and the glorification of Christ can actually be used to do the opposite. Yeah. I could go down so many tangents right now, but oh. I'm going to choose not to. I'm gonna pick one? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just think we have to be really careful about... Tangents on what? Maybe what do you... The way other people in the world, maybe we would think they have the gift of teaching. Oh, but I see. But it's not being used in the church. And it's just being used to motivate people to do the wrong things. Yeah. Which or, may seem like good things. You know, like I think of yeah. all the famous people right now who are actually turning to Christianity, who used to be in like the witch scene. Yeah. You know, and just like how, anyways. Yeah. yeah there's a and, lot. and listen, I'm not naming names because I don't know these people. Yeah. But there are popular preachers and pastors today who very clearly are gifted in preaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. And instead of using their platform to boldly proclaim God's truth, a Sunday morning at their church often looks like a TED Talk. Yeah. And while the contents of that TED Talk are probably great 
like you're learning maybe there's good things coming out of it that's not what the gathering of the saints on a sunday is for in my opinion and maybe people someone wants to challenge me on that that's fine we can talk about it i just think that's not what god instituted shepherds pastors for we're not talking about shepherds specifically right now we're talking about preaching and teaching those are some good examples though from the bible i think so so let's talk a little bit about what does this look like in a local church? I think, Matt, you kind of already talked about it. Yeah, we it talked about this a little about, bit. Like, right. I mean, if we just talk about our church here. Sure. Let's use our, yeah. Yeah, we'll, use our own context. Yeah. Um, so on a Sunday morning, we have a message, right? A sermon, which is by our pastor, which kind of as we're going into the differenti- differentiating between men and women's roles, like people who listening may not agree with us on this, but just so you know where we're coming from we hold the role of a pastor to men only mm-hmm. um, in our church. And yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about shepherding, that gift. Yeah. Specif- specifically. We'll get yeah. into that more. Yeah, but I think, um, so So you would come to our church on a Sunday morning. It's going to be one of our pastors or elders or a man preaching. Um, then we have our adult Christian education classes, which is more of where that teaching would come in. Like you said, maybe it's a little bit more specific. There's an opportunity for people to ask questions and get answers. And those are taught by both men and women. Mm -hmm. Women would be teaching to women in our church. Um, So, yeah, I think there's plenty of opportunities that you see in the local church. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in every church. I think of like the church we were a part of in Dallas, um, was like a mega church, right? Yeah, and they weren't so, just like looking for people like me to yeah. come up there and talk. <laughs> right, and like I would say like you are somebody who has a gift of teaching and preaching and there wasn't like an opportunity for you there to use that in the church. Um, but I think... So we left. No, I'm just no, kidding. <laughs> no, I loved it there. No, it was a good um, church. But yeah, there's both <laughs> formal and informal yeah. ways to do these things. So. Yeah, most people will find themselves exercising their spiritual gifts in an informal way. Yeah. to benefit the church. And most of the impactful work that the Holy Spirit does in the church will be done in the informal way. It's just a reality. The formal teaching and preaching at our church is not is, is, is good. It's yeah. not going to have anywhere near the same impact as you sitting down one-on-one across someone else who really needs to hear right. truth. That's going to be much more impactful. Now, what is that coming out of, right? That's coming out of what you're being fed, which is the preaching and the teaching. But there are so many informal ways to be used by the Lord in the local church. One of the things I recommend is if you feel like you know what your spiritual gift is, but you don't know how to exercise it in the church, go to someone in leadership at your church and ask them, hey, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have this gift. I want to know how I can use it in the church. What do you think we could do? What's What's a good next step? And... That, if someone came to me and said that, I'd be so excited. Be like, yeah. you're telling me that you want to serve in the local church and you know where God has gifted you and you want to find a way to serve and yeah. use your gifts and talents in the local church? Praise the Lord. That's yeah. what we're called to do, right? That's probably a great place to start if you don't already know how to exercise that in the church. Yeah. So, and I think it's also important, we talked about, you kind of brought this up, right, already, which is good. I think it's good to talk about. The difference between men and women in this gift. Mm-hmm. I do believe, this is my opinion, I do believe there are not only examples, in there are examples in scripture of women preaching, teaching, and, and exhortation. Yeah. All three of those things. Yeah. I think 
there is a very big difference between preaching God's word and shepherding. And the reason why I personally do not hold to women preaching at church on Sunday from the pulpit is because the nature of being at that pulpit mm-hmm. puts you in a shepherding role over that church. Um, it's different than when a female who preaches God's word is preaching at a conference. Um, she is not in, in, in a, maybe in a macro sense, but in a micro sense, she is not shepherding all those people. Yeah, so in she's other not words, accountable like, to all those people in the yeah, sense she's that accountable she's accountable to what she, about what she says, yeah. just like anyone is, right? We will be given account for every idle word. But those people are not being fed by her at their local church. They have their own local churches, mm-hmm. whatever, in this conference situation. Which is why the only people who preach at our church, um, for the most part, unless we have a guest coming in, yeah. are one of our pastors or our elders or someone who's potentially being trained for one of those things. And yeah. they are all men because yeah. they are shepherds. And yeah. we'll talk a lot more about that specifically when we get to the shepherding That's a really good point. thing. But there's, that is why when I say I have no problem with women preaching God's word, I don't have a problem with them preaching God's word. I see it in the Bible, but I don't see it in the same context, in my opinion, of the local assembly yeah. of believers. Yeah, and I think that's really cool because what that does is it doesn't extinguish women who I think have that gift. You know, like I think mm-hmm. that was really hard for me at Moody because I had friends who I think were really gifted in that. And then even a lot of female professors who are yeah. some of the best preachers well, I've heard. Most, a lot of my professors <laughs> yeah. that taught me how to preach God's word at Moody yeah. were women. Yeah, and like you said, they, they're in a position where they're not accountable to be those people's shepherds, yeah. right? They were teaching you how to do a gift yeah. that they were given by the Lord. But I think it's really one of the most encouraging things for me in being at a Bible college was being able to see women use their gifts in a setting that like brought so much glory Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And I didn't like, and wasn't to me like they were in a position they shouldn't be in, you know? And I actually would think, I think that I more and more am, I have the gift of teaching and I think the Lord's given me more opportunities lately to like cultivate that. Even like you were saying with Atticus, like that's kind of a silly example but being a parent, you automatically like have to kind of cultivate that in yourself. If you mm-hmm. want to be teaching and discipling your kids, yeah. maybe you'll notice that that's something you're gifted at, but maybe it's something you have to work at and you're not really gifted at it. And either way, like as a woman and especially as a mom, figuring out like, okay, what does this look like for me? Yeah. But I mean, I've had the opportunity, you know, to go to women's shelters here in Baltimore and or is it DC where we go? I don't yeah, know. Baltimore. Baltimore yeah. yeah, and like teach there and mm-hmm. um, use a gift there. Or like when I'm counseling somebody, I would say that that's a part of that is teaching or exhorting someone, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I think constantly as men and women in those micro settings where we're one on one, those are some skills that we want to learn how to cultivate in order to teach God's word to somebody um, yeah. in that stripped back setting. For sure. And the other thing I want to make sure people hear from me or from us is that the specific call that we see in scripture for men to shepherd is not because men are better at shepherding. Yeah. It's because God instituted man to be head of his wife. Mm-hmm. I won't say men ahead of women because men are not over women. That's not mm-hmm. true. <laughs> we don't see that anywhere. 
husbands are ahead of their wives. Mm-hmm. Men are accountable to the Lord for their for their wives, for their children. There's the uh, the Lord put that in place. That is not because men are better at doing that. <laughs> in no. fact, there are probably plenty, plenty, plenty of women who could do my job in every aspect of it much better than I can. But yeah, me. Giftedness, g- <laughs> giftedness is not what makes the call. Right. So uh, what I don't want to hear, uh, or what I don't want to come across, is that I think, or anyone thinks I'm saying, yeah, women sure. are inferior in these roles. This is why. That is far from the truth. Quite frankly, I I sometimes I'm like, man, I don't know why God did it that way. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense it to me. I get sometimes, it. Sometimes yeah. I get it. But sometimes I'm like, man, I don't really understand why. And I, I take that th- by faith. I believe very clearly in that. So it's yeah. not something I'm, I'm not, I'm not questioning it. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those, there's a lot of things in scripture that I fully believe wholeheartedly. But I also go, man, I'm just going to trust God that this is, yeah. there's a reason why it's like this. Yeah, it's hard. So I want people to hear that. I don't want people to hear that, oh man, women preaching is like second class citizenship. That is far from the truth. No. Um, I believe that specifically I, you see people, women preaching in scripture i just think the the idea of when does that cross into the office of shepherd and i think when you put that on a sunday morning to the local context of believers that's when that crosses over so that's where where i draw that line specifically that's helpful i don't so, think i mean you have ever talked about like specifics like that together no wouldn't that be really funny though if like we disagreed we, and it was like a big deal and yeah. we did it on the podcast That'd, wouldn't be probably, funny we probably would have to stop the podcast if there was something like major if you guys heard a scratch halfway through it's because we edited the no, portion out. No, just kidding. no i think um i had one more thing to talk about yeah. here yeah so i was thinking through like because i feel like it sounds weird when you say like the gifts that the lord has given you it shouldn't sound weird to say that but for some reason when i say like oh i have the gift of teaching that seems odd yeah. Maybe because it's like a new thing for me where I feel like it hasn't necessarily been like super affirmed by people. I don't know. Anyways. If you put it on LinkedIn, people can endorse you. <laughs> if, you want, if that will help. That's funny. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn used to be like our life, man. Yeah, we, we worked for an awesome company and we used LinkedIn back before we were here in ministry. And we used LinkedIn constantly. So yeah, funny. now I never even open it. Uh, rarely. No, I, if I'm scared if I open it, the notifications will crash my phone. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, I was thinking through, for me personally, what's like a con or a hardship that sometimes comes with these gifts? That seems like an odd oh. thing to say, but I was wondering, because for, for in my life, the reason, and I think I talked to you about this maybe like a few months ago, it wasn't even that long ago. Lately, I've been noticing when I read my Bible, mm-hmm. the first thing I go to, and I don't know if this is necessarily bad, but I think it's something I have to work through. The first thing I go to when I read a passage of scripture is how can I teach this to a group of people? How can I teach this to the women in my life? How would I use this in the counseling room? Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I think that makes my studying of God's word in the mornings deeper because I'm like trying to gain more knowledge or I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of more application. But I think the hardship or the con that comes with that is my own devotion or personal study can be left as like the secondary thing. And I'm focusing more on like how feeding to, others, not being fed. Yeah, I'm focusing more on like a horizontal relationship with the other people around me instead of my own relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I just I, I wanted to like vocalize that because I think as much as these gifts are like we want to look for opportunities to use them in the in the body. Yeah. Um. Like we also want to make sure that 
we're filtering through like what could be hard like what's something that is hard that comes with these gifts because I think there are some like you have a different hardship that comes with I guess this is shepherding that comes with like being accountable to the church or even just talk about like being a husband and like being a dad there's an accountability there that I don't have to deal with right that you do and so as we think about these gifts think through like is there any way this is hindering you in your walk with the Lord because I think for me teaching makes it harder sometimes to like look first through the lens of my own sin and just like trying to look at how to help other people yeah that's good I think that is a potential con I think the pro comes when you just reverse the order right when you let it impact your life first but I think it is a good practice to read through scripture study scripture as though you're going to teach it because that's how you draw a lot out of it Mm -hmm. um so I think those two things there is, I think there's a right order to that. Right. But a, the danger is, like you said, you could easily find yourself just thinking, how can this benefit someone else? And just skip over what the Lord was trying to teach you, which certainly could happen. I yeah. bet it happens a lot, actually. Yeah. I mean, I know it happens to me. Sometimes I'll prepare something. I'm like, oh, this would be a good word for so-and-so. So they need to hear this. <laughs> oh, wait, so why, did I, spouse, why right? did I Why did I read this? Is this? Was there something for me to gain from this? Yeah. Obviously. So... <laughs> Well, I think our challenge, I think every one of these episodes should end with a challenge being... What's the challenge? Think through, pray about these gifts and think through the people in your life that you have them or if you have them. But I think that if you see somebody exerting, is that the right word? Practicing. If you see somebody in your life practicing a gift of the Holy Spirit or gift of, what are we calling spiritual gifts yeah can you tell it's late um <laughs> if you see someone in your life practicing a spiritual gift it's 8 10 encourage late. them <laughs> now i can't finish my thought encourage somebody else in your life and yeah. tell them i see this gift in you mm-hmm. and you're using it really well or something yeah help people cultivate their gifts yeah we want to that goes back to ex- exhortation right motivate others to action application and here's the big one purpose mm-hmm. what is we all, we all understand, like, there's a, a macro purpose, right? What is our purpose? Uh, to glorify God. But what is your purpose in the local church? The thing yeah. that Christ died for, the bride of Christ, the body of, um, what did I say? The bride of Christ? The body know. of Christ? <laughs> the local church. Like, that is something Christ instituted. It's very, very important to him, mm-hmm. right? Be very careful before you talk bad about the church. Right. Not because the church is perfect. It's made of imperfect people, but... Christ did die for her. Think about ways you can actually use your gifts in that local context. That's something you want to be cultivating, not just in yourself, but in others, because we want the local body of Christ to be a place where people learn, they grow, they flourish, they become more and more like Jesus. And that's how what the world's going to see. And they're going to go, wow, there's something different about those people. Yeah. And that's your opportunity to tell them about Jesus. So, Man, was this a long one? 46 minutes. Ooh. Coming. But we talked about three spiritual gifts. So it was like 15 minutes each. Did I do good. math right? Yeah, that's about right. But I guess we didn't do it in order. It's all kind of lumped together. So but good luck if you've listened this no, long. I'm glad that we put those together. I think that would have been a little redundant yeah. if we didn't do that. So. If you've listened this long, you obviously are not a mom who's just doing this in between things. You like, <laughs> must have had time to sit down and listen to this. Or you listen to it over the course of three weeks. Yeah, that happens to Sometimes me Sometimes I listen to a podcast and I'm like, this came out a month ago. I've been listening to this for so long. <laughs> like, oh man. Anyway, we're excited to do this. 
We're excited to keep learning and growing with you guys. If you have any questions about what we said, comments about what we said, please reach out. And hey, let the record show. We came out with this episode on time as our goal was for this year. And we're going to keep moving towards that goal. Yeah, what are we doing? We're one month down. We've done it for one month. We've done it. Two episodes. Good job. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye.